Welcome to episode 440 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's excited for the cooler weather. In this episode, we talk about TikTok, parks and recollection, and solving the mysteries of role-playing. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So grab your hot chai and throw blanket, because it's time for another cozy episode. Just living my best life. off every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks lauren we're looking at you kid oh yeah well uh today this week was like my favorite thing in the world halloween so of course i've been very very busy (laughs) yes uh i made costumes in a little less than a week so that was a great challenge this year uh but it was fun i feel like last year didn't get to do much for halloween because of all the pandemic stuff so uh it definitely like was like just grateful to be celebrating it all and like have people over uh, and like do all that stuff again. Cause like, this is the very first time since the pandemic I've also like had a party inside and everything. Uh, we had options where like if everybody wanted to go outside, we would have, but everybody was cool with it. Everyone was vaccinated. And so uh, we stayed inside and like everybody spread out enough, I feel like, and was comfortable. So uh, we didn't have like so, so many people or anything, but it was really, really fun. I love it. Uh, good times were had by all. And then, um, Sunday, I went to my friend's family. They like run a haunted house, which is super cool. So uh, I volunteered at their haunted house for a little bit. I am obviously like not very scary whatsoever. (laughs) But um, I so I was helping uh, with like collecting donations and stuff. But it's awesome to see how they do this every year. It's really cool. I think it depends on the type of fear you're trying to instill in someone. Right. I was gonna say you make Patrick scared to say a whole bunch of stuff all the time. Yeah, so I think from that standpoint, you're pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the traditional haunted house sense, I suppose. And it depends on the age. Like, for instance, if you're trying to scare, like, uh, high schoolers or middle schoolers, and that's, that's like a whole different set of tactics than trying to scare, like, for instance, Andrew. Yeah. Sure. I'm um, But it, it was a huge variety of people, like adults, kids, all of it, so... Uh, I did, I did not volunteer to scare because I, I just don't... I know that I'm not a scary person. Like, so like <laughs> if you saw an adult male, clearly with his wife, you could say something like, you didn't tell me you were married. That would be very <laughs> scary for that male. Think about how... So think about how... You don't have to be big to scare someone. Yeah. You know. I suppose. It's I all suppose. about it, using... It wouldn't really go with their whole like haunted asylum theme, but you know... <laughs> I do like the, it's kind of going the David S. Pumpkins route. I like the idea of like, you have the typical scary haunted house, but you get to Mm -hmm. one room that's like clean and bright and sterile. And there's this little petite girl sitting in the center, like couldn't hurt a fly. (laughs) But then you just do like the cruelest thing ever to these people. And you don't even have to actually. I wouldn't be good at this either because like, I would just laugh or something like I. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be better about not being that. But, like, I think yeah. if you literally... I know myself. You don't it's even okay. have to do anything, like... You don't even have to do anything, uh, like, devious. You just sitting in a clean, white room, the the ang- and doing nothing for 60 seconds, right? The anxiety would be building <laughs> on what is getting ready to happen. So you would, you would still be instilling fear just by sitting sure. there. Just saying. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. their haunted house is a bit better than just somebody sitting in a chair. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I do want right. to. I do want to go back. Uh, comment on something. You you posted pictures of mm-hmm. the the costuming. One. I have two questions. No, one statement. One question. The uh, the statement is the mask that you did of the Green Knight looks incredible. Like it Thank looks you. really really good. And then on top of that, I had a question. Why didn't you either wear a, a, why didn't Trevor wear a green like turtleneck or paint his neck or something so that his neck, because the only thing keeping like separating him from looking totally complete is like his Mm -hmm. flesh colored neck showing between the really well sculpted face and the, like the the chest piece. The very simple answer is that we ran out of time and oh. I like couldn't find that thing and like couldn't get it on Amazon in time. And so like 
we just ran out of time. And like, I was literally like, I had to stop painting the mask at like 530 because I was like, it needs time to dry before people get to our house. Like I wanted to keep working on it. And so like, I just like had to stop so that the like had time to dry. We just like ran out of time because I came up with the idea a little too late. So I can like, I think I might like get that if we ever wear it again, because it's really easy. And like, I even wanted to like just paint his eyes black. But Trevor mm-hmm. also got home a little late and people were already at our house. And I was like, I'm not going to like stop the party to like fix his costume for 30 minutes. It just sure. wasn't worth it at that point. Sure. <laughs> but well, it was so fun. It looked really good. Was Thank he you. wearing Kylo Ren's cloak? What? His outfit was very kind of Kylo Ren-esque, was it not? Like obviously minus the face. But I, I kind of. I feel like you could like, repurpose it. Yeah, you could. Hmm. Maybe it's funny because like I'm such a like costume accurate person. I'm like, no, they're way too different. You could never do that. <laughs> no, you totally, you totally like, the, could. The, like the green knight costume is all like raggedy and stuff. And I feel like Ky- Kylo Ren's is not really like that. Like it's very clean, nice coat. It, it, I thought about doing a, Kylo Ren once though. I've looked at that costume I've before, seen but costume. again, I'm not scary. So it doesn't work. <laughs> I've seen the costume for Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. It is a lot more intricate than you even realize just watching, but uh, oh, it's yeah. not as it's not as clean as you as you might think it is. There are some raggedy edges to it, but in a pinch, you could totally have that work as a Kylo Ren outfit. Oh yeah, I think I could like repurpose a few things yeah. and make it work. But that's why I always like keep all my costume stuff and like I have a Ray costume, so we could make it work one year. Uh, it is fun though because like I I love the Green Knight, and it was funny because like very few people knew what my costume was from. <laughs> Like, or if they did, they only knew because they saw Trevor and they're like, oh, now I know what movie it is. But who are you supposed to be? So I thought that was hilarious. But right before the podcast started, I uh, saw that like the actual page for the Green Knight on Instagram shared my costume. So my year is completely made and like totally worth it. 100 percent. Well, <laughs> you were the only person in America to dress up that way. Yes. I am curious. <laughs> how long did it take you to grow out the beard? <laughs> Surprisingly, that only took two hours. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she just stopped taking her her daily medicine, and then it just it, yeah, it, it just came. popped right out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her beautiful luxurious beard. Her beard suppressant <laughs> that she takes every day. It's that oil that she rubs on her face. Do you think yes, you would exactly. like having a beard? What? Do you think you would like having a beard? I feel like I would be like super entertained by it at first, for sure. <laughs> I think, but then, you, like, you if, have the whole like I am a bearded lady issues, right? But if you were a guy, <laughs> you would be a bearded guy. Oh yeah, I yeah. feel like probably for you sure you would not be a clean shaven dude. And I also don't think Trevor would be a clean shaven dude if not for the business that he owns, right? I was like, yeah, and he when we first met, he had like company. a huge beard, but he never like has like a completely clean face. Really, he at least has like stubble. I felt like I saw him looking clean shaven when we were there, but maybe I was wrong. It always Every bothered now and then me. he does it, but it's rare. It always bothered me that I had these like uh, bald areas like on either side under my lip. But I think that's probably, I think it's probably normal. I just felt like mine were very pronounced. That's because your like face each person is has like different spots where it doesn't come in, you know, or it, everyone's beard is different and special. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody poops. That's what I remember. <laughs> I just remember uh, my grandmother could grow like it was consistent. It was like just as equally thick all the way under the lip. And uh, it just bothered me that I never had as nice of a beard as Georgia May. So mm. that's funny. So I with my some of my coworkers this past week, I was talking to them about um, uh, the theater coworkers. They were all we were mm-hmm. talking about stuff while we were waiting for the shift to start. And they were talking about books that they read. And this one lady was like, uh, oh, yeah, have you read such and such author they wrote about? It was like all this political blah, 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 blah. And then I made the joke of like, they were all talking about what they're reading. And I made the joke of said, I'm halfway through Everybody Poops. And she was like, oh, do you mean <laughs> that uh, Everybody Poops, blah, 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 that that commentary on the the health of, or the the food in America and what it's causing, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not at all. What, that's not at all what I meant. Clearly he did not grow up on everybody poops. I will say, I will say three out of the four people I was talking with got the joke. She did not. And I felt like, like she made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait. Why did you feel like an idiot in that situation? That's what I'm saying. I shouldn't have, but I did because I'm like, no, because yeah. she thought that like 
She was trying to connect with me. Hey, she was trying me. to give you credit for being smart. And then you're like, nope, it's a children's book. I know. And, I, <laughs> and that's why I ended up feeling like like an idiot. Like, well, maybe I should be reading that. I'm like, I'll put it on my list. I'll read. I said, I'll read it after this one. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it up to her by reading uh, so a book she suggests. <laughs> you're going to read Everybody Poops, the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the Chaucer Everybody Poops? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, what else with your week, Lauren? Um, yeah. So, uh, Halloween definitely took up most of my week, getting ready for the party and making costumes and all that fun stuff. Um, I am watching a little bit of TV. Uh, the What We Do in the Shadows finale came out this week. Kind of perfect timing for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, have you caught up? Oh the yeah. Finale. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> I think you maybe have a similar reaction to me. Uh, I, I've really liked this season, but I didn't really care for the very ending of this season. I, I did not like it. It was weird and not like it's a, a really w- weird twist. I don't think it's very funny. I think they're no. going to have trouble with that next season. Um, but, uh, the, the, everything leading up to it, I did, I did really like, um, I, th- I think this season felt a bit different. It's the first season where, uh, Jermaine Clement wasn't there. Uh, and I think. A little bit of the dryness was missing, but I do think like the show is just changing also in like they're trying to find a way to make this show bigger and last a lot longer than maybe the original concept. So it just like is changing quite a lot like yeah. this season, I think. I'm wondering it's what not they're as, like steady. Yeah. I'm wondering what they're going to do, like if they're going to do like a um, like when they come back, if it will have been several months and, oh, it has to be at least a little bit. Right. Like, I don't want to, them to take off exactly where this left off. But. Right, exactly. So my question is, is it going to be two or three different storylines happening, you know, oh. or is it going to be like, here's our catch up, you know, like uh, like in the a yeah. good example is like when the office would take a break, mm-hmm. when they would come back, other than like a couple things like uh, Jim uh, kissing uh, Pam or whatever. But like yeah. when they would go, they'd come back from these breaks and they'd say, what did you do over the summer? You know, and like and they would do like this quick recap and then they would pick you up where you're at. Not they wouldn't just start back from there, you know. So yeah. I hope they do something like that, because honestly, it'll mm-hmm. be hard to try to track with three different main story arcs if they're all I wonder, separate. You know what I mean? Without. giving Yeah, I wonder away. if maybe each one will get like one episode and then they're all together after that again. But. Like, I could see it going a lot of different ways after yeah. this. They, like, I just, I, I don't think it would work well to start off, like, the minute next or whatever. Like, it would be probably better to do a time jump, but we'll see. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Things change really quickly in that show, so I'm not, like, too concerned about sure. this being a problem. But, um, yeah, I was, really, like, I was watching it with my brother, and we were both like, is that really the end? Like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. The ca- <laughs> but, let's um, just say the canon is flexible in that show yeah 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 i mean they they've introduced so many fun things this season that like i don't want to like say this was like a bad season it's literally like the last five minutes i didn't like so (laughs) as a whole it was my least favorite season though i will say that yeah all right yeah i have to watch it at least like one more time to like make a a final judgment because like a couple episodes i wasn't able to like pay full attention to and and things like that so it does have after the final episode i do want to go back and rewatch the whole season season because of specifically of some stuff that Laszlo said that now mm-hmm. I can go be I can go back and watch those scenes with a different perspective that will change it for me so totally. I, I think that yeah can maybe enhance the season to uh, on a rewatch but anyway yep yeah lots lots to like not not saying I want to write off the show by any means I definitely think people should be checking it out and excited for the next season which they're already renewed for so We'll get lots more what we do in the shadows. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, and then other than that, I have just one more thing to talk about. This weekend, I'm in another art show. It's a local one here in Houston. And keeping up kind of the Halloween spirit, we have the Monsters and Madness show, um, formerly known as the Tim Burton Art Show. This year, it is expanding to include Tim Burton and Guillermo del Toro stuff, which is really fun. Um, this show has been around for several years in Houston, um, maybe the last two or three years. Uh, but it's run by one of my friends, and the work in it is always really fun, so I'm excited to do that. Um, it is this weekend in town um, at Hardy and Nance Studios, uh, November 5th through 7th. They'll have, like, an outdoor market and stuff Friday and Saturday night, so, um, like, with uh, food trucks and a DJ and stuff. So things should be a good time. 
Um, if you're in town, it should be fun to check out, and I'll post uh, what I made online. If it doesn't sell, I'll probably put it online for uh, for sale there. Nice. <laughs> All right, who are you tossing um, it to? Uh, Andrew, why don't you take it? Okay, uh, so this week we had the final uh, installment of Disney Drawtober that has come to a close. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, the last couple of weeks have been crazy busy for me um, outside of that, so I was only able to contribute one drawing each week, but that still, <laughs> that still counts. falls within the parameter of comp- accomplishing the, the challenge, so that's why this year was uh, a little bit easier. Um, but I've man, got one more to go on my list. I will finish it because I started it, but good, it just good. didn't get done on time. It's who are okay. who are you gonna do for the final for the Fab Five? Uh, Hella. Oh, I did. I don't know if I'll do that one. I definitely no, want to do the Marvel. In order one. The one in I order to complete already. the challenge, you have to do the fifth one. So we'll see. If I, I have. Time. I want to. <laughs> I'm trying you, to get one more done. I want to see you do a a classic Disney character. You never do them, so I want to see yeah. one from you. So. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know if I have enough time. No, nope, you're going to commit like to it. The Halloween zone. You're going to commit to it and you're going to do it. <laughs> Even if you don't get to it until Christmas, I don't care. I want to see you draw I a guess. Disney character. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, okay. It's, uh, it, it was, it was really cool this year. Lots of, um, lots of really great art. Several hundred pieces of art were created over the month of October, uh, to contribute to the Disney Drawtober stuff. Um, five weeks worth of drawing, uh, like four, I think 14 different prompts we put out over the course of the month and then, uh, 45 or more individual prizes have been given away, uh, throughout the course of the month as well. So, um, that's great. And hundreds of pieces of art. So like truly it was super fun to see, um, Proud to be a part of it. Proud to to see the people in that community and how how they've come back and new artists this year and things. It was just really really neat. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite because there was there was lots of different unique approaches to things. So, um, uh, yeah, it was super cool. And so if you uh, haven't seen that uh, on release day, this episode on release day, you should be able to go to Disney Drawtober on Instagram and see the little tease for next year's disney drawtober we are already Ooh. teasing that out so um love it lots more to come uh a year from now but thank you if you participated thanks for uh for joining <laughs> us in that the other thing uh disney related is i bought tickets to disney world and it's hey! on my phone i'm going to disney uh november 29th and 30th that explains um, all nice. the ramen noodles you've been eating recently. Yes. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> They're money. so expensive. Tickets oh, I see. Crazy. I see. I see. <laughs> you are not on your game right now, Andrew. I'm sorry. Can I tell you that I this, tired today? This is about as tired as I've been in my life, and I've had a we've had a child, and <laughs> I am I am running very thin right now on Perfect. energy, but um. The uh, yeah, so getting I got two two tickets uh, to Disney with a couple of friends who who on a whim literally texted and said like one night said, hey, do you want to uh, do you want to go to the Florida, go to Florida with just with just the guys and said, yeah, let's try to make that happen. And the next day uh, we were able to make it happen. So I'm going to for the first time, I've already input everything for the first day um, into Genie. The new genie system. Oh, cool. So we're gonna see Good. how the genie nice. how the genie works. I don't think I'm gonna invest in Genie Plus, which is where it gets you like lightning lane passes and things. What I might do is actually purchase a a uh, like a lightning lane pass, ex- like specifically for like Rise of the Resistance. Um, but uh, so I will be able to give a full report on how the genie system works here in about a month. Nice. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm very very excited about that. Uh, That's it, awesome. It also looks like I will likely be making a trip to back to Florida um, after Christmas as well. So uh, nice. just a couple of Disney excursions on the horizon, and I'm quite excited about that. I have this magnet that that Mariana made. Um, during the Isle of Magic stuff, um, she has these magnets that have a countdown to Disney World that you can put on yes. your on your refrigerator. So I officially have my countdown running 
on uh, the refrigerator now, which is exciting. It's sad to have that magnet on your refrigerator and and not be able to put anything on it. Um, yeah. And so uh, I'm excited about that. Um, but I think that's it. It's okay. really been mostly working. And then, uh, then just those two things. So I'm going to pass it over to Patrick. Yeah, a couple things uh, real quick. One, I did want to update on the Zephyr mask. So actually, the day after the podcast dropped, uh, Razor sent an email that basically said, hey, we know these keep selling out. Don't buy them from scalpers. As soon as they come off the production line, we'll make more available to you. They've had about like three or four more drops since the last podcast. And they keep sending an email saying, yes, we know that one sold out. There's more on the way. So they are trying to get them in people's hands. So if you're actually interested in the Zephyr... That's interesting because you would think that, and we've had this conversation, right, about with artists, about aftermarket sellers and things, and there's there's mm -hmm. there's good and bad to it. It's interesting that they are actively coming out and saying don't buy from scalpers because um, there is an argument to be made or an argument to be had that that actually drives demand and that that's actually driving, you know what I mean? But I will say, so like uh, I mentioned the Nike mask and that came in, came and went. Um, but from Nike's standpoint, they tend to be a company that that wants you to buy into some of the exclusive bits. Even right. if it's like a, a kind of a large portion of products that are available generally and a small portion of exclusive, that's still important for them to maintain that that um, the idea of being, you know, bleeding edge and the de- the designs that they put forth. Like, look how much people clamor for them. And in mm-hmm. Razor's case, I just don't know that that, that makes any... I mean, they, they make computer peripherals. You know, I, I don't know that that is so much their bag. Um, and so, it, you know, I, I could see them saying like, hey, we're going to get every dollar from it that we can because uh, third party making an insane markup doesn't necessarily help us, especially if we're, we don't have other limited releases on the horizon. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in this effort, yeah, it's coming. One other thing to be uh, aware of, this was just announced a couple days ago, but that is the uh, Home Alone house from Lego. Oh, yes. oh, this is awesome. Yeah. It looks absolutely beautiful. So it's $250. It is uh, just shy of 4,000 pieces, by the way, which this is pretty big. Uh, I, I actually s- think that's a pretty, like, a re- for Lego stuff, I always expect it to be expensive, so that price actually seems pretty good. Could seeing how detailed the house was and everything. Yeah, the the price per brick is good. I'll say this: the Millennium Falcon that um, like the big Millennium Falcon, the biggest set they had made at the time was seventy five hundred pieces, and it cost eight hundred dollars. So the fact that this is over fifty percent the count. But, you know, 30% of the price or 40% yeah. of the price. Yeah. The price per brick is definitely very good. Uh, and on top of that, because of the color brick, the the, the, sh- the kind of the shapes of the item, what's included, it does give you a lot of of um, playability mm-hmm. in, like, creating other items from it. So uh, we do mm-hmm. plan, uh, Mackenzie and I do plan to pick this up and take it with us when we kind of go on our Thanksgiving break to kind of give us Cute. something to do while we're uh, traveling. But a uh, very, very cool piece. If you're looking for something, then yeah, absolutely. Great price. Um, okay. I do want to real quick acknowledge all the great Halloween costumes from our Slack. Uh, yes. One, Lauren, you make a very attractive boy. Um, two, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Zach loving the, um, uh, oh my gosh, the Venom, Venom uh, yeah. costume yes, that you did. Yes, that's so cool how it's like inflatable. I love that. But it does remind me a little bit of the Michael Scott. <laughs> He's got yes, the second yeah. head on his shoulder. Yeah. That's what I think of. Uh, Kreider um, looks more like a Pokemon trainer, honestly. No, I totally but, got it was Dustin right away. That's totally fine, though. Um, Wait, Dustin who? Maybe I missed it. Like from Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, I thought Bishop. he was Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I legitimately oh, well, thought hey. he was Ash Ketchum. <laughs> you guys did not watch enough Pokemon. He has a little swish on his hat. <laughs> I just assumed he didn't have enough attention to detail. <laughs> like that. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. I love, love, love uh Doc's like Mad Max costumes. Those are oh, amazing. That was legitimately very good. So good. I, yeah, listen, Julie looks so bad. With yes. the whole like charcoal across the face. Let's just and the, the fact that he she shaved her ha- her head to do this just yes. shows the absolute She's commitment so to this character. Committed to yes. Halloween. That's my favorite part. 
No. So good. I love it. <laughs> and then the last thing I want to point out, a uh, Jedi with his Batman outfit. Mm-hmm. Here's what stands out to me. Anybody that does Batman is doing 20% blackface. And that's what I've <laughs> <Yes>. realized. Yeah. <laughs> right. These outfits. So, it, so it's interesting. <laughs> it's that Batman you, face. It's different. Listen, like, you know, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that. So like I've been doing this, I've been doing the, uh, the Lion King, right. And mm-hmm. 80 or more percent of the cast in that show are black. Right. But on stage, they actually wear like they wear makeup that's that lightens their face a little bit so that the light does so that the light can kind of uh, capture them or whatever. So that's interesting. Like they are putting on white face. And like I was realizing that as I was watching the show and thinking about how many times like specifically I thought about Batman. I thought about all of these these caped crusader characters who underneath have like the blackout. And I thought like, yeah. I wonder if that like. In the transition between cowl and no cowl, how many people stumble across them and are slightly I say, offended? If you're, in, if you're in Gotham City, you don't want to be seen in that transition period. Exactly. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I would make sure you have some moist towelettes. Yes. Find a dark corner and take care of it. <laughs> that's that's my that's my motto for everything in life. <laughs> Grab some moist towelettes, <laughs> find a dark corner, and take care of it. All right. And the final thing, uh, a couple great trailers. We haven't done a great job at actually announcing new things that are coming out that we're yeah. all watching. Yeah. But yeah. there are three trailers, I think, specifically have stood out to me recently uh, that I'm excited for. First one, which which I would say I'm least excited for, but surprisingly excited, is Tiger King 2. I initially rolled my eyes when this trailer was posted in our Slack. And after watching it, I think it looks surprisingly interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to like be done with Joe Exotic, but oh, <laughs> it yeah. does look surprisingly interesting. I will not lie. What I, The thing that kept running through my brain as I was just watching it is thinking like the power that documentaries have nowadays right mm-hmm. um or podcasts like uh true crime podcasts have these days yeah where they're actually affecting real world scenarios for either forcing the hand of or revealing things that are um compelling enough for uh for authorities to actually either reopen cases or open new cases as a response and i'm like very yeah. intrigued to find out what exactly happened I mean, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of tweeting out when you have bad service and then the company responds because it's Twitter as yeah. opposed to like an official channel. Right. Um, all right. Second one. This thing was beautiful. The trailer for a light year. I, and I don't know where oh in my like, gosh, I assume it's more of like an origin story since we it, we see it pre suit in the trailer. But this trailer, the visuals, the music, the pacing Honestly, like this trailer gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. And this was another thing that I was ready to like, not necessarily like be excited about. Cause I'm like yet another toy story thing. This is like a spinoff of a spinoff, you know, like it felt like, like we're getting kind of far from the initial pitch or whatever. And it just didn't like on paper sound super interesting to me, but this trailer has proven that wrong a thousand percent. But I was like, this looks really cool. Yeah. So similarly, but as I was thinking about it, right. Um, we got an origin story of Woody. Toy Story 2 was essentially the entire origin story of Woody because Woody was a a a puppet from a TV show and then they made yeah. a toy off of that puppet. Well, Buzz Lightyear, the the action figure is based on the real life the quote unquote real life astronaut and because of that his origin oh, Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear is supposed to be a real person in that universe, he's not a, a TV show as well. No, it wasn't supposed to be a TV show. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's a. Oh, he's that's a, not something I ever understood. He's a toy. But I definitely version. thought this is like a TV show within Toy Story. And that was what they were basically doing. Uh, from my understanding of it, he was always a toy based off of like based off of somebody. Mm. And but it, it also might be the the bastardization of what he did, like. Maybe I was like, does that make like so aliens real in, the... in Toy Story universe? Like, there's maybe so many questions. No, maybe, but maybe it's well, so yeah. Far if in Buzz Lightyear future... fights like Zerg, who's like an alien, right? Like, but sure. I'm saying like maybe he's so far like removed from his real life 
that it just feels like a set of like quips and quotes and whatever. But then the reality is it is rooted in something and maybe people don't even realize what it's rooted in. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what I, that's what I was Mm -hmm. saying. So getting a, getting a real life, uh, origin story of this astronaut who they eventually i mean think about it now right like we get toys all the time now of of real life people right like we have toys of the rock we have toys of um other real people that i can't think of (laughs) but we have yes but it's different for like a cowboy versus like what buzz lightyear is because he's like star trek it's not like exactly a normal astronaut you know but Right. It's still a fictional story. That's- no, I, I get what you're I get now what you're saying. It's yeah. just that I didn't assume Buzz Lightyear was supposed to be a real person whatsoever. No. Oh. I thought it was a TV show, just like Woody is from a TV show, and that's like where the toy comes no, from. No, I think I think had he been from a TV show, we would have seen that. I think that we would have seen the origin of him sooner. And I think uh this it's a really easy tie to say that this is a toy that was made off of a like a a national hero, right? And we get those. We get those all the time. And so I'm really excited to see what they do. And the fact that they chose David Bowie. um, Oh, yeah. That song with the visuals that you couldn't have done. I know they called it a teaser, but it was a lot more than just a teaser. You know what I mean? They could have shown, they could have shown his gauntlet, right? And then him like, like his glove pressing something and then have him say to infinity and beyond. And that could have been a sufficient teaser. This was, it showed a lot of visuals, a lot of components, a lot of characters. And it got me hyped, like legitimately hyped. Okay. When you Mm -hmm. see uh, buzz and whatever, I don't remember if it's a droid or whatever that he's with, like pop their heads up over the ridge. Tell me that's not like Dagobah swamp. Oh yeah, that's definitely what they're trying to get to, or like look like for sure. It's especially when you're with a little droid on the swamp planet, you know. But but that's cool to like play like a movie like that probably should be like giving a nod to Star Wars. Plus they like sort of live in the same house, (laughs) so like you know they can make those jokes now. Yeah, Uh, the whole thing's super exciting. All right, so last trailer, uh, I'm not even going to talk about Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, because I I've seen it. I I have seen it. uh, But I. I just know that I can't contextualize it. So one of you, please talk about the Boba Fett trailer. Excited. Yeah, yeah I, I am excited. Excited. I, this is one of those things where like all the new Star Wars shows, I, I'm at least like a baseline of like, you know, 75% excited just to begin with. And and I'm just curious what all these are going to be. Like, I don't think this trailer actually gave a lot of like, there's no stuff away. Yeah. Yeah. There's no story. It, it just kind of gave some hints, but it's sort of things that I sort of expected. Like, we know he took over Jabba's throne. It's going to have a lot of like scum and villainy. I kind of wonder if some of this plot is like taken from what they would have done with Darth Maul in the like Han Solo stuff if that had kept going. But um, just curious. I don't know. <laughs> These I, are like very big picture thoughts uh, and super nerdy, but I love that stuff. Of I <laughs> yeah, I watched this trailer primarily with my hands on top of my head and my mouth agape because Boba Fett has been yeah. my favorite character since I was a kid. Like this is, yeah. And, and knowing that he was gone from the universe, not just like the Star Wars universe, but in the universe, like capital U universe, he was gone, sure. and we were never going to get anything from him ever again. Um, he lived in those three movies, and that was it. Um, that was all that I ever expected to get. And so when we saw him in the Mandalorian, I was over the moon. I don't, I think I yelled at my TV and jumped up and screamed. <laughs> I had to go back and rewind the first like 10 minutes because I missed it. Cause I was so excited. And then at the end of the Mandalorian to see that the book of Boba Fett was coming was exciting. And then to actually finally see this, it's like, we have re-engaged a side of me like truly taking me back this, to when I was like 12 years old, like truly, like it really brought me back to that place because we're seeing, we're seeing characters or we're seeing species that harken back to the very first trilogy. And they harken back to like, we're back in Jabba's palace. Like, yeah. And specifically like Moss Eisley, Jabba's yes. palace, like those places that like, it, as like a Han Solo fan growing up, like that's the places you wanted to go hang out exactly. when you watch Star Wars. We like- might, we <laughs> might, we might see, you know, these cantinas and we might see these, you know, these places that we, oh, yeah. we know about. And, uh, we might visit the Sarlacc pit. You know what I mean? Like there's, Oh, for sure. Like there's a lot to, 
a lot to potentially come with this um, with oh, this even, show. So I'm excited. Even just that little mention where they're like, Jabba would feed you to his menagerie. I'm like, what else is in there? I know. Yeah. <laughs> we got the so many cool things. We've got the rancor. Like, what else? You know, like, what else could they be afraid and, of? And the Sarlacc, you know? So, like, there's going to be some really cool stuff that we haven't seen yet or maybe have seen and we'll get some really fun callbacks and stuff. So, I'm, uh, as usual, like, it's very hard to, like, not be excited about all these new Star Wars things. Like, so, I just hope it lives up to the hype. I'm ready. <laughs> I, and, and the first part of it was, was uh, the Mando. Was Mandalorian. Yeah. So I wonder I don't think if he'll be in it very much. I was thinking because especially it's a voiceover and you don't want to like confuse the two Mando sure. things too much, I think. And and he has a whole war to go fight on Mandalorian or, 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 or Mandalore. On Mandalore, excuse yeah. me, uh, with Bo-Katan and those guys. So we'll see what happens. But, but it was I'm, nice to hear. I, so what, many fun things. What's our boy's name who plays Mandalorian? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro, it was nice to hear his voice, even if he's not in it, if, even if he's just introducing us to the series. Uh, yeah. it's nice to have that bleed over. There's so much consistency that's, that is, and that's what I appreciate, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the star Wars visions because it, it breaks the canon and it breaks all these things. I like the consistency. I like the tie overs. I like the bridging and they've done a really good job. Bridging. Part of star Wars, like for a lot of people, like, is that gigantic mythos that ties it all together? Like we've all been studying this for quite a long time right. now. And when you break the rules, it's weird. And it took me a minute to get used to that in Visions, and I ended up liking it. But at first, I was like, excuse me, that, yeah. that is not how you do this. Yeah, that's not so creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and with with there's no greater mythos that has been created than one for Boba Fett. Like the, that's true. I yeah. mean, the the extent the expanded universe where he does crawl oh. back out of the Sarlacc pit and he does have a storyline. But then when Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, all of that no longer was canon. And so they have a yeah. fresh, they have a fresh palette for what they're going to do with this. And uh, I am, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I, I just also had a thought of like the last Star Wars thing we got was Bad Batch, which is not exactly like a tie into Boba Fett, but he's a clone of the same guy, just like those dudes. And like everybody has been theorizing that like Omega and Boba Fett have to meet at some point. So if we get a live action one, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I thought the trailer looked pretty cool. So on that <laughs> note, that, that's it Patrick's me, eyes rolled in the back of his head for the last five minutes. <laughs> this was this is so great for me. <laughs> All right, what else you got for us, Patrick? Is that it? No, that's it, man. All take right, us well, out of here. Then let's head out of the. I Boba don't know Fett. where the door is at this point, so please take us out of here. Let's head out of the Boba Fett hour and head over into our master categories. The master categories each week are when we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. Patrick, um, I want to finish on you. <laughs> no, no, stop it. Don't you ever say that again. <laughs> well, uh, uh, so uh, let me... Jeez. Secrets out, okay. <laughs> uh, I thought the uh, I thought the the tipsy episode was last week. Um, uh, this is the delirious. Episode. Let me start. Let me just. Uh, I'll start. I'll start this week. So um, I got singing. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I promise you, I am not drunk. I'm just tired. So I got. Uh, Music. <laughs> um, I got music and uh, present. So um, one of the things that I've been doing, I've had a, a when I've had a few minutes here and there over the last month is um, I have taken to TikTok, and my algorithm now primarily shows me um, people who like do duets. Like they'll play, they'll say like sing with me, and they'll sing a harmony or they'll sing a melody, and you're intended to sing the harmony. Or they will play an instrument and the lyrics will come up and you're intended to sing while they play. And so I have been um, trying my hand at just doing a few duets here and there. Um, and it's fun. It doesn't, it's, you know, it's, I'm not expecting to like uh, be discovered on there or viral. anything. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect any of that. Um, however, one of my videos actually did surprisingly well and um, that has only, fed my feed even more with these things. 
That's so how do we watch these? Uh, you have to go to my TikTok. So which, which is it's really easy to find. Just search Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's on TikTok. I only have like four oh. or five videos um, so far. But uh, you just said you only have Fortnite videos so far. I've only got Fortnite videos so far. <laughs> um, no, I only have four or five videos so far, but um, they are fun to do. And there are a few that I've saved, uh, like a few people who have posted that I've saved to go back when I have a little bit more time and do them. Um, That's awesome. It's it's just fun. There's not a whole lot, but it it has got me on TikTok. So, TikTok nice. music. You've heard about like all of these things with TikTok and music, and they have these short, um, you know, they play music and you dance along with it, and you know about TikTok dances. And TikTok has now has its own like meme set where you use audio from something and and do whatever, right? So that was my intro into talking about TikTok. That covers the music portion. Here's what I really want to talk about. Perfect. On TikTok, while I've been scrolling through, on my For You page, which is where they kind of, they help you discover new things, mm -hmm. a person popped up in my feed today whose name is Alex Calvo. So his, his handle is Alex Calvo is Haunted. All right? That's his whole handle. Uh, it could use a little shortening if you ask me. But Alex Calvo, C-A-L-V-O, is Haunted is his page now he's been chronicling for i don't even know how long i i only scrolled back uh i only scrolled back through you know, 12 or 15 videos but it goes before that he started off as a skeptic like a wholly critical skeptic about anything supernatural anything okay. out of the ordinary anything uh you know either what you would either classify as religious or the occult or any of that stuff. Like he's very skeptical. However, in the last several weeks and months, um, he started having some dreams. Well, first he, his, his grandfather passed away. I believe, um, one of his relatives, I think it was his grandfather passed away and, uh, left him with a house or left him with someplace where he discovered, um, a chest and this chest was like in a crawl space under things and it had it was locked and it had a cross painted on top of it and um and so he discovered that all right and he has a video showing him discovering it and all these things um he then since that point started having dreams about his grandmother and his grandfather and the dreams start to get very vivid and the dreams and he like he's chronicling this. He's going through talking yeah. about his dream and he's having the same dream over and over again with slight variances. And each time he has a variance, he talks about it on, on his thing. Well, over the course of his of his TikTok, you know, of his life on TikTok, he has become more than a believer of certain things. So in his latest couple of posts, he has taken he has removed the chest from wherever it was stored before and um people in the comments have told him like if you're going to open a chest like that here's precautions that you can make you know circle it with a ring of salt um have like various oh, things geez. right like like le like legitimate like precautions as terrifying approaching this as if it were something from the occult right in my yeah. head i'm thinking he's going to open this thing and it's going to be old clothes like from the war or you know it's going to be books but just from, in case that right. circle of salt ain't going to hurt nothing but a little vacuum won't right. fix later <laughs> but here's the thing like I, I assume in this world of bait and switch that it's going to be nothing right like it's going to be like it's going to be a, a whole yeah. to do about nothing well he finally um he finally opens the chest i'm going to tell you a couple of the things that are in it uh he Ugh. opens the chest and there are it's segmented into different sections some of them are boxes. Some of them are just items kind of free floating. One of them is a sword, like looks like an old, um, uh, almost like a, a Roman centurion type sword. It is sheathed. It's very rusted over at this point. He mm -hmm. takes it out. Uh, he finds a skull. There is a, an, an a large animal skull that's oh, in there. I was, I resist I was about to ask human. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, large animal skull. Uh, and, uh, this, like, I want to say it's like a liquid, some sort of canteen or like jar, but it's very opulent. It's very, 
uh, unique and it's it looks almost handmade and it's very it's obvious that many of the yeah. items in this box are old 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 hundreds of years old right like that's it's very it's very obvious that then he starts opening some of these boxes all right and some of the boxes yeah. within the box one of those items is a a box with um <laughs> I'm not joking here a wooden stake a small hand cross uh crossbow silver um silver crucifix all sorts of things what like that the heck? and what ultimately ends up becoming what he would what you would describe as like a as like a, a vampire hunter kit. it just sounds yeah. like he put this together himself it and that's and this is what i thought too right i'm not i'm not at all saying this i am not backing this as being 100% real at all obviously tiktok you can curate whatever you want People can make all sorts of things look however they want. I'm not saying it's real, but I am telling you what I discovered, and it's intriguing. Like, if you want to follow along the story. Right, least, and like, it's intriguing yeah. enough for me to keep following it, so I was going to share it with you guys, especially on the heels of Halloween and all these things. Um, And then one of the other boxes has uh, a rosary in it. Um, Rosemary. A little jar, a couple of jars with uh, liquid in it, like round jars with liquid in it, and a photo of a nun, a photo of a priest, um, essentially coming to it like it's a it, another. These crucifix. are his vampire teacher, like no, teachers. This would be like an exorcism kit, oh. right? Like all the items you would need for an exorcism, right? Um, there's a there's a container that has lots of of glass jars with various liquids in them of different shades and colors and a jar with teeth like little animal teeth in it a jar with wolf's bane in it um yeah, like it's, it's got like a dry it's got like dried herbs or whatever and yeah. uh and lots of people in there are talking about specific witch cults um and lots of witches are actually commenting on this like i as a witch would tell you not to mess with these sacred items, put them back where they belong, blah, 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 blah. Um, all these different things. So reading through the comments is is super interesting. Um, and Crazy. And then the thing that was the coolest one that he found, he said his favorite thing that he found in the box uh, was a, a box, an old box felt lined with an old, old, old pistol, like a really ornate pistol Ooh. with si it's a six shooter with six bullets that appear to have silver tips. So like what a, like a werewolf hunting kit. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's the latest video is him showing that, showing that. And there's more to come. He said, there's more stuff in the box. He just, he's having that's to break it crazy. down. Um, and everything he's doing, people are telling him like, Certain things you can open while it's in the box inside the circle, but don't remove it from the circle. Like several of the people said, don't open any of the jars of liquid. Um, they no. said, don't open the herbs. I feel like that is from a like non-magical standpoint. Like don't open those jars. Like, right. Who, yeah. Who knows no what could it be in there? Right. Like, <laughs> but then also people are, are instructing him like that's safe to take outside of the circle. That is not safe. Leave that inside the circle. If there's any sort of hex or any sort of curse or whatever it is. So whether you buy into this or not, oh I don't know, God. but it is a very interesting story and it's unfolding right yeah. now on TikTok. As of record, Ooh. the latest video was like 11 hours ago or 15 hours ago. So this story is happening in real time. If you're interested in something that's a little different than something scripted on on Netflix or something that's, you know, uh, a reality show on Paramount Plus, if you want something that's in bite-sized chunks that you can follow along in real time that's actually interesting and cool, I suggest following uh, this guy... Um, Whatever his name is, I totally forgot it already. It's uh, Alex Calvo. Alex Calvo is haunted, um, is yeah. his account. Um, and so, yeah. Crazy. There's no music involved in it, but it got me to TikTok, which is what I really wanted to talk about. So, um, and if yeah. you want to hear my 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 singing musings on there, you can find me at Andrew Sale with threes instead of e's. I'll post very irregularly, but it's a fun time. Um, I love it. Okay. Patrick, you seem very skeptical of that whole thing. Right. But since I'm going last, uh, Lauren, what do you have mm -hmm. this week? 
Uh, I'm going to talk about something that's like kind of the complete opposite of this. Uh, no singing. Well, there there could be a little singing involved. There hasn't been too much yet, uh, but very, very positive and fun thing. So I got um, podcast slash YouTube. Um, and lately I've been checking out Parks and Recollection, uh, which is basically the office ladies, but for Parks and Rec. Nice. Uh, I'm, I think I am to Parks and Rec as you guys are to the office. Like it's the show that I love like that much. I've watched it over and over. I, I adore that show. Um, and this is uh, a show dedicated to Parks and Rec. Um, so it has Rob Lowe and Alan Yang as the hosts. Uh, Rob Lowe, you may know as Chris Traeger from the show. Um, and Alan Yang is not only a member of Mouse Rat in the show, he is one of the head writers for the show. So uh, I love listening to all of the kind of inside knowledge that they have of the show. They know like so much about this show and they will share like, oh, yeah, like we almost went down this route, especially because they're talking about like the very beginning right now of the show. Like this is only on episode seven of um, 126 episodes total of Parks and Rec. So there will be plenty of time to get into this going forward. Um, but like starting off, it's super interesting to hear them talk about things where it's like, oh, yeah, this character was almost like this you know, like totally not in the show uh, because like we we thought they were going to be something else or like um, they had hired like Jara, Jerry and Donna early on, but like didn't really know that they would become characters later. It was just like we need somebody who can like, you know, if we toss them a line or two, isn't going to like fall on their face or freak out or anything. Sure. So they wanted to have like the same people regularly there. But like it's just very interesting to like hear them talk about how much the show evolved, especially because like, I think the early season is very different than later on. It's been like really fun to hear it. Um, and they do get a guest on every episode. They've had some a other actors, other writers, um, directors of different episodes, all kinds of people. It's been really fun to listen along so far. I love it. Um, and it's crazy because like the uh, episodes of the podcast are sometimes two or three times longer than the actual episode of the show. So you're getting a lot, a lot of inside knowledge of each of the episodes, but um, I think especially because like I haven't thought about Parks and Rec for a while like I haven't watched it but like it's just burned in my brain like this is so fun to like revisit this way and like get to know all these like cool inside trivia facts and everything and like how they got to the point that they were at the end because that show was just wonderful and great I loved it yeah absolutely I I, I heard about this uh on Chris Pratt's I think it was Chris Pratt's instagram he did a quick little like yeah he was plug just on it, it um last week mm -hmm. yeah and he they in the in the plug he had just started filming guardians 3 so he had all of his like mutton chops cut and everything and he yep. um and he promoted the show so i'm i forgot about it so i'm glad that you talked about it because i need to put it on my three on my uh podcast feed yeah it just got uh recommended to me in my podcast feed because i definitely think it fits like what i'm usually listening to so uh yeah i really have been enjoying it so far it's so cool really to just you know go back to pawnee and relive the good old days yeah yeah Sim uh, simpler that, times that's it for me that's it for me keeping it real short this week but uh parks and recollection that is a great podcast you can check out wherever podcasts are found all right patrick take us home all right so i was having a conversation with someone this weekend and um they were asking about Dungeons and Dragons, and they were talking about it from the standpoint of, um, you know, there being a stigma that surrounds people that play D and D, and they wanted to know what it was really about because they had never played themselves, but they just knew that there was kind of a stigma associated with it. Um, and coincidentally, this was also the weekend of my wife's murder mystery party. So, a murder mystery party is a concept we're all very familiar with or at least mildly familiar with, but the idea it. where, uh, you know, this, <laughs> someone quote unquote dies, you have to figure out the killer. And when I was describing it to them, I just, I had this moment of, it's really just a scenario in D and D. And that's it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Your character has a backstory or your, uh, an event has happened and you're responding. However you choose to respond and the world around you, also responds accordingly to what you decide to do. So on that note, hosted a murder mystery party. Um, this is not something, I'm not a terribly um, extroverted person depending on the scenario. Like I, I tell people, people that have watched Rugrats, I tell people that I try to <laughs> externally act like a Tommy, but internally I'm a Chucky. 
And so depending on the scenario, <laughs> my, my Chucky will really come out. Um, and so thankfully, Andrew stepped in uh, in a big way in the midst of a very busy week, stepped in to uh, be my uh, co-host slash primary host. And really lead this thing. But together, Andrew and I uh, led this murder mystery party. For those that haven't done one before, uh, you break them up into three rounds. And you basically have the, everybody meets each other. That's round one. Round two is, there's been a murder. Well, there, and you, kinda, you, you meet each other, but like you have, you have a list of items you have to communicate. You have to get out into the community so that yeah, they so start to know who you are. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, so. Real quick, the three rounds are meet everybody. Round two is when the murder happens. And then round three is when you make your accusations and find out what really happened. In each one of those rounds, you're handed a card, every individual. And that card tells you, here's what your character should be saying to everybody. Here's what your Mm -hmm. character knows but shouldn't tell anybody. So that way, when you're responding, you can respond appropriately according to your hidden knowledge which of course Got enhances it. the game. Um, and then when you get to the next round, it'll tell you like, here's what, here's what you need to make sure you say, here's where you were standing when this took place. Um, oh. and, and then as it goes on, um, as you talk to individuals, but then talk to other ind- individuals and it'll tell you too, like, Hey, you should talk to Lauren, but don't talk to Andrew, you know? And so then the only oh. way someone can get information you know, in that case, if I'm not talking to Andrew, the only way to get information about Andrew is to find it out through Lauren. So yeah. it creates this yeah. kind of forced interaction where you have to find out from another party. It's very interesting the way it's all structured. And then ultimately... Yeah, it like makes you meet everybody too. Yeah, and then ultimately in the third round, you make an accusation. You have to publicly accuse. Every person has to do that. And then the actual public reveal happens of who did what. And what's very cool, the murderer does not know they're the murderer until it's revealed in the final round. Yeah. The person oh, that was killed. The murderer doesn't know they're the murderer? No, no. that way they can participate the whole time. Oh. And the person that was killed does not know who killed them until the reveal at the end. The person who <laughs> the person who gets killed does not know they get killed until they're told they get killed. <laughs> That's true as well. Oh, okay. So, so like in round one in the meet and greet time, you do not know you're about to die. Okay. Okay. I like that. Literally anybody can be about to die. So you're... Is it random who dies somehow or or no? it's predetermined? Yes. It's predetermined, but only the only the host knows that. And even yeah. though I was co-hosting with Patrick, he was the keeper of all the knowledge. I, he mm-hmm. would tell me, like he would feed me the information that needed to be fed as it needed to be fed. And so I ended up being, my character was the one who ended up dying but I had no idea I was going to die until the, the second round was starting. Um, and then I knew like just a few minutes before everyone else found out because I had to go prepare for it. But, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, so you literally hide like a death kit in one of your bathrooms. Yes. And the person that finds <laughs> out they die, they're instructed to like go to the bathroom and like put on the death kit and it'll have That's hilarious. Like, like what fake, is in the death kit? A fake, halo, fake blood. <laughs> Fake a blood. sign that says victim uh, and then a card with an explanation of what you you read that. And then those are the last words you're allowed to say as the victim. You're no longer allowed to contribute to the game. Like you're there, uh, like you can hear. Yeah. Like I laid down on the ground and was listening. So my character was a man whore. <laughs> he slept with yes. literally not a man Man I whore. think he slept with all but one of the females in the room. Um, and so to listen as each of those, after I was dead, I was laying there. That was the round, third round started. And that was when they were allowed to share all of their information publicly. Hearing all of the women find out that I had been sleeping with all of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm laying there dead. And they're like, wait, I was no, no, he did. Like, it was very, very That's funny. So funny. It was so a that- lot of fun. It, it sounds up, really awesome. I'm sad I couldn't come. <laughs> yeah. It, it, for, here's what I would say. Uh, okay. It's kind of D&D light. But if you want to try a scenario and you have a group of friends, I mean, you probably need about, I would say, minimum about 10 people to do it. Right. Um, and most of the kits are designed around that many people. And the kits only cost like 40 or 50 bucks if you run it yourself. 
So it's not terribly expensive, especially when you consider 10 people participating. Um, then, you know, pick up one of these kits. Some of the kits are based around dinner. I would say don't do it around a table because when you're limiting your movement and conversation to say that it has to happen in this like three by seven space, I think that breaks some of the immersion and it sure. makes the conversations much more awkward. So the way we did it, it was completely like you're mingling the entire night. If you choose to talk to someone, you do. And if you don't, you don't. So I think that's a better way to handle it. Um, it's amazing how after about 30 minutes or so, everybody's just in character. Uh, you know, of course, the first few minutes are going to be awkward while people accept the fact that everybody has a new name and, and you know, everybody has to get past the awkwardness or the silliness of doing this. But there's a point in the night where you have no inhibitions toward it and it feels oh, yeah. weirdly natural. Uh, I think especially after you see whatever level everyone else is going to go to, it changes it, you know, like, because when you're first starting out, it's like, you know, I would probably feel shy and that kind of thing. Yeah. But if everybody else gets into it, then you're like way more fun. And on that note, invite extroverted people. Uh, <laughs> this would be horrible with a group of introverts, but with a group of extroverts, it's surprisingly fun. So, uh, but ultimately for anybody that chooses to do this or has done something like this, this is basically what a scenario or, or a campaign in D&D looks like just without the having to prepare food and put on costumes. I mean, ultimately, it plays out the exact same way. It's a group of people that uh, they're given an environment, a backstory and a scenario, and they're responding how they choose to respond. And the environment responds back. I mean, that's all it is. Uh, and so it is like, a, but it might be a good entry point if you're looking to get into more role playing, uh, but mm -hmm. don't want to jump all the way into something that might contain a stigma. Here's how you can involve your friends without going, <laughs> you know, without going that far. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah, it absolutely. It sounds like was. so much fun. Andrew, you are a great dead person. I I ruled at being a dead person. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It. And for the most part, Who killed we, you when we uh, the only woman I didn't sleep with <laughs> ah, <laughs> because <she was> bad. <laughs> no, I was blackmailing her because she slept with someone else and I had photos ah, of it. Um, I see. Uh, it was it was really fun, really unique. When we first started, uh, it took about I don't know. What would you say about 10 minutes for everyone to kind of warm up into it? Some people jumped into it right away. Um, for sure. But it took about 10 minutes, some intentional, like, breaking up of, like, normal conversation, right? There was a couple times where people were um, kind of shifted back into talking about, like, you know, real-world things. Um, but just a quick engagement of me stepping in going, like, what do you guys think about all that stuff happening over there, right? Like, and and then that they re-engaged into it. Um, and then from there on out, like they were in character the rest of the night, even beyond. Oh, that's awesome. When the game was over, we still kept having callbacks to the game, which was super fun. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. I think you would you would really enjoy it, Lauren. Uh, Lauren, we should. Oh, yeah. I would, if I hadn't had like literally my own party planned the night after I would have right. been there. <laughs> we should we should host a uh, a podcast murder mystery sometime when we do like Ooh, a meetup. Yeah. Like, how fun would that be to do a meetup somewhere at, like, a house? Like, we've talked about this, not publicly, yeah. but we've talked about it. Like, renting <laughs> a house for a weekend, uh, a big house. Oh, yeah. And inviting people to come to, like, a like a getaway, like a, a podcast getaway. And it would be fun to do a murder mystery at one of those things. Um, it just would be a ton of fun. Board games and murder mysteries and recording oh, yeah. an episode and lots of fun and laughter. Man, we need to make that totally. happen. All the good stuff. Okay. That would be awesome. Uh, if that's it, then let's go ahead and uh, call this episode. Uh, let's roll our dice to find out what we're oh, talking yeah. about next mm. week. Um, and then uh, we will shift over into our outro. Um, I'll go ahead and roll for myself. I rolled a natural 20. Woo! Congratulations. So it doesn't matter what else I roll because I am talking about whatever I want. All right. Whatever you want. Okay, hang on one second. Ew. Ew. I rolled a nine. That's a gross gif. <laughs> is that his <laughs> mouth? Is that like, what is, what is that? 
<laughs> I assume it's the nine from a 69, Andrew. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> that's very funny. That uh, you got out. toys, which is even funnier. <laughs> right. And I rolled a three, which is future toys. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. Clearly, um, and VR I, and vibration is going to be involved. Go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> uh, and I got a five, which this week is film. Fabulous, fabulous. I'm going to go see The French Dispatch and or Last Night in hey! Soho immediately. Speaking <laughs> of film, while we were recording this, I got my email. Ghostbuster Afterlife tickets are available for purchase now. So November everybody, 19th, right? November 14th, I believe. Whatever it is. Let's we're do going. It. We're going to book our tickets tonight. You need to book your tickets as well, and we will all collectively go see Ghostbusters together. I've, there is not a movie this year that I am more excited about than that one. Uh, it's you funny because like, I'm right? so excited about these other ones. All my favorite directors. Can't wait. <laughs> you know what they say? Bustin' makes me feel good. That's exactly what they say. <laughs> That's definitely the name of this episode. Yes, Bustin' makes me feel good. <laughs> Uh, so on that note, we're going to get out of this episode. You can find us on mof1.network where you can find the show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about, including uh, an archive with hundreds and hundreds of other episodes. You can find the Slack channel in there where you can chat with us uh, about everything. We, I mean, all the stuff we talked about in here, you'll see in there. Uh, there's different channels for different things um, and lots of people talking all the time. Uh, so just hit that up. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash M of one podcast two, four, six dollars. Every dollar helps us continue to do what we do um, and continue to put out new content. Patrons, we have a new episode coming for you soon ish. Uh, and it's going to be a fun one, and that one is only if you are a patron. So go ahead and uh, subscribe to that now if you aren't. Uh, speaking of subscribing, I hope that you have already subscribed to this show. But while you do it, like and rate and review it over on uh, all the podcast channels, but specifically iTunes. If you do, we will read it on air. And Lauren is dying, dying to read one of these things. This, so uh, if you've been listening to the show for a week or you've been listening to the show for seven years. Uh, gosh, yeah, we've been doing this for seven years, right? Um, yeah. If uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been listening, if you haven't taken a chance to stop and do this, take a few moments to do it. It doesn't take any money. It takes very little time, but it does help us out a lot, and it is a lot of fun. Um, other than that, check out Dungeons & Designers. Check out uh, The Drawing Board with Doc. Um, we've got fun yeah. stuff. It's all out there. We're on YouTube. We're on the Internet. Just find us all over the Internet. Uh, but for now, we're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. And for the ghost in the closet, peace out. <laughs> Adios. Bye. Bye.